This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and crazy cat lady. So I am excited to start a new series on this show, and it is going to be, Why Does My Cat Do That? So I've invited some of my friends in the veterinary behavior world to sort of weigh in on some different little quirky things that cats do and maybe why they do them and that we can talk about those things. And today I have Dr. Lisa Radosta. Dr. Radosta is a veterinary behaviorist, so she is an expert. And I wanted to talk with her about some of these very interesting things cats do, specifically things that cats do with inanimate objects. So we've all seen some of these things. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Dr. Radosta to talk about quirky cat things. We'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So I have Dr. Lisa Radosta with me today. Hi, Dr. Radosta. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. So this is going to be really, really fun. I came up with this idea because I used to be the resident vet for iHeartCats.com and I took viewer questions. And so there were lots of questions about things. And so I have a list kind of of weird cat things. And then, of course, I have the things that my cats have done and you may have the things that your cats have done. But I think one of the most famous quirky cat behaviors is probably knocking things off countertops and tabletops. Can you sort of enlighten us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, I think we love cats and like, I have my own little cute nicknames for cats. And I also want to say that the things that we're probably going to talk about today, like knocking things off counters are not necessarily quirky. I'm going to call them unique to cats because cats don't want to be dogs, right? They have no desire to be dogs. So cats knock things off counters for lots of different reasons. First of all, and number one, and foremost, they're bored, right? You got to have something to do. And, you know, you're sitting there and there's this cute little thing on the counter. And I wonder what would happen if I knocked it off. Would it bounce? Would it break? I don't know. And what I love about it is when they knock it off, they always look over the edge. Like, what happened? So that's, I mean, that is the telltale sign. They're looking to see what happens next. So if your cat is knocking things off the counters, it could be really, really fun for your cat. And that sucks for you because your stuff might get broken or lost. But what your cat's really saying is he's bored. You've got to do more. And you and I both know, honestly, 
That is the story of every cat's life. They need more to do. Yeah. Well, we underestimate how smart they are, I think, and how much their brains need stimulation. So, okay, well, then that pulls me full circle. What could we do? I mean, are there items that we could set up to make it interesting for the cat? I know you have ideas. I do. You know, have you ever seen that show, American Ninja Warrior? Have you seen that one where people hang from the, th the rings and they're jumping on the balls? Really and truly, we just need to make that our home for our cat. So on my counter, if I allow my cat on my counter, right, I can set up a little obstacle course, things the cat can knock off, which are entirely appropriate. Balls work great, little tiny balls. If you don't have a dog in the house that will, you know, grab them and, and eat them, those work really, really well. So we want to set up obstacle courses. We want to think about novelty. Cats are naturally unless they are really fearful, they are naturally attracted to new things, right? So something new every day. And my rule is three new items every day per cat in your home. Now, people collect cats like they collect trinkets and jewelry. So you might have 10 cats and that's a lot of toys. So you still got to do it. Three new items each day. So put out a box that you, you know, you got your new snow boots in. Okay. So you put that out, you pull out some things out of a drawer that your cat hasn't seen in a while, put those in your little obstacle course, and you put some silver vine on a scratch tree. That's it for Monday. Tuesday, you're going to choose three different things. Cats like new stuff. Okay. Pull those old things, put them away, bring them back out in five days. Yeah, I tell my clients to um, create a box that they keep in the closet, that they put the stuff in and rotate it, like put messages in their phone that says, put that up. I mean, even their puzzle toys and things that we talk about in the exam room, I say, hey, you know what? You got to rotate it. Just like with a toddler, if you don't want to buy new toys constantly, you got to kind of make them new. So I, I love that that is your advice as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, I think people forget how smart cats are. These are really intelligent beings. Just because they don't want to do everything we want them to do doesn't make them kind of not high thinkers. It kind of makes them intelligent, right? They are not led along like my Labrador retriever who's lying on the floor next to me now, right? Who'd be happy to do anything. So yeah, they need stimulation for sure. I think, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a cat person, but I think that maybe, no offense, dog people, dumber dogs are easier to train. Do you? I mean, I don't want to go down a dog tangent, but oh, cats my are just gosh. smart to do our things. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tangent. You are taking the words out of my mouth. So <laughs> when I sit in my chair as a veterinary behaviorist every day, right? And I sit in my exam room. I actually don't sit because you know me well enough to know I couldn't sit. No. Like I have to stand up. So, and my people, my clients, they say, Oh my gosh, every time. This is the smartest dog I've ever had. And I always say, oh, dumb dogs don't end up here. They don't end up here. Like you're wishing for a dog that was not smart. You do not want a smart dog because dogs that we say aren't smart are actually dogs who are easy, biddable, plastic, right? They don't really care if there's a loud sound or if you screw up mm -hmm. in your training. So what I'll say about cats is they do care. Cats are like, you know, that math teacher, and she really knows the math, and she's not going to let you get away with one mistake, right? And that's how cats are. You didn't do it right. 
you wanted me to go to the top of my cat tree, but you didn't say it the same way that you always say it. So I'm not going to (laughs) go. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you take a minute to try to understand, it kind of all comes together. So when you started talking about that, though, you said something that stood out to me. You said um, the box that your snow boots came in. And that kind of takes me mostly because it's summer and I don't have my snow boots, but um, it takes me down to what about boxes? Why do cats like boxes? That's the next question for you. Yeah, there's a couple of things about cats. And I think that you've probably noticed with your own cats that they bunt things, right? That they use their face from the edge of their mouth to the edge of their ear. They rub against something. We call that bunting or facial marking for those cat parents out there that don't know that terminology. That is spreading a scent. And if you have multiple cats in your house, you have in your own house, a colony scent, kind of five different perfumes. You have five cats, you have five different perfumes all mixed together. So number one, we want to spread as cats our colony scent onto new objects. It's a new object in the house. I want to say I was here. Yes, I was lying here. This has my scent. It's a part of what belongs here. Okay. Number two, cats are attracted to novelty. They want to investigate. They want to investigate by putting their paws in and maybe rubbing against. And number three, cats feel comfortable in tiny spaces. Why does my 16 and a half pound black cat have to get in a shoebox that is made for a pair of high heel shoes? Like his butt is hanging out, right? Because it feels good to be enclosed in something, you know, where you're protected and safe. So I think the take home messages I'm getting from you is that size matters. (laughs) And that I need to tell my husband that I need to order a new item from Amazon every day in order to get a new box. Is that not what you're saying? (laughs) Well, that is, but I'll just tell you, I think it's better not to warn the husband. I wouldn't advise you to tell your husband anything. I just like the boxes to come. And then when my, my thing, I don't know if you have human kids, but what I say is, oh, this is for Isabella. This is not for me. She needs stuff. And he's like, okay. I have a son. He needs stuff, right? He needs stuff. You're better with a daughter because they need more stuff. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, you know, we see those little pictures. I see little pictures across, uh, going across social media of like a Great Dane laying on the tiniest little bed and then a cat in the Great Dane sized bed. So, so what is that? What is that all about? Aren't cats amazing? Cats are displacers. Dogs usually are not displacers. Everybody's an individual, but in general, dogs don't displace. They wait patiently. Are you going to be done? Are you done? Are you done? You're getting up for the bed. I'll take it, right? Cats, on the other hand, walk up, smack somebody across the face. That great Dane leaves and the cat goes, yes, this is exactly where I needed to be today. And we don't understand entirely if that is about assertion of, I own this bed. I wanted you to know that this is my bed or I, in some of my cat patients, I wonder if this is sport, if this is enrichment, right? Cats are so under enriched because we don't necessarily see cats in the wild doing this. Is that because the resources are are so plentiful? What's the point? You could lie anywhere if you're a barn cat, right? Whereas in the home, there's so few choices. So if there were two Great Dane sized beds, would the cat continue to displace the Great Dane? Probably not. Maybe. And then it is for. Maybe, right? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that cat needs 
again more, right? So entertainment. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So here's same, I guess the answer is kind of the same, but why do cats watch TV? Oh, something to do. Why do we watch TV? Right? Right? So it's this passive entertainment and cats, people look at cats and they say, oh, my cat's always sleeping. Your cat's probably sleeping 12 hours a day. We wish we were all so lucky. Probably about six or eight hours a day, your cat is resting. That's different. Okay. So resting is what you see. Like I have a catio because I'm in the South. So we have patios that are made for our cats that are screen dead. So my cat's out there. He is lying down, but his little eyes are like barely open. And at any moment he could spring up. It's a lizard. He's on it. Right. So a lot of the time they spend kind of watching the environment. And that is the same as having a catio. If you're up north and there's snow outside, you can't let your cat onto the screened in porch. So that gives your cat something to do. And I think really what we're coming down to is the same theme. When you live with a type A, highly intelligent child, human, or cat, you have to give them things to do. And as parents, gosh, don't we get that? This summer, I got stuff planned for my kid. And when she was little, and she couldn't plan things for herself. By April, I had every camp planned out. I know you do this. Every camp is planned out. I know how she's getting there. When is she going to see this grandparent? When is she going to stay with my sister? That's really what cats need, but they never leave the toddler phase because they can't you know, acquire their own enrichment. They're entirely reliant on us. So we have to continually schedule and enrich. Okay. So I had always thought that was just because of my personality, but what you're saying is you and I have this personality that may be kind of like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It's funny that my name is cat, but yes. So <laughs> uh, if we are setting up obstacle courses for our cats, if we are ordering from online shopping and getting new boxes, um, what are some other things that we could do if, if some of the quirky things that cats are doing are related to boredom and needing to be enriched? What are some other things that you might suggest my listeners could do to help make things better for their cats? Yeah, I want them to think of the five senses and I'll bring in more of like my personal journey, right? So you kind of always get when you talk to me a little bit of my personal journey. So when I'm stressed, I use that five, four, three, two, one. Five things I hear, four things I see, you know this, three things I smell, right? Two things I taste, the whole thing. And then one thing I can feel, I can touch. So think of your five senses. The cats need that stimulation as well. And you can go through it. You can put food and, and predatory toys. They can be really easy if your cat's rejecting like a really difficult toy. Silver vine, catnip, essential oils that are not toxic to cats can be put on things that they can sniff or roll in. I love the the pipe cleaner toy. You know, the one that is gigantic. It's this big around and it's a big U-shape. Have you seen this? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. It's really sturdy. Yeah. My cat's yeah. a chonk a chonk and it's very pointy and you can put the catnip even on top of that toy. So we get the smell, he's got to go to it. We get the change in the physiology that catnip is going to have on him. We get the tactile sensation of rubbing against something. Okay. So think about what your cat hears. You can get bird sounds off of anywhere, off of YouTube, right? Anywhere, probably any app that we get our, our music from, and then play those for your cat. Have your cat watch TV, what he can see. 
what he can taste, try something different, as long as it will not upset his GI tract. Try a little bit of something different for him to taste. So try those five senses, stimulate all five if you can. So does it matter what cats can see? Like sometimes in my exam room, we have an iPad that we let cats play with the little fish or, you know, and things, and they can clearly see that movement. But when they look at the TV, do you think they recognize maybe a dog on TV? What do you think about that? Wow. That's, I don't know of any studies that have looked at, you know, can cats recognize a dog and know that it's a dog? That would be kind of a challenge to really do a good study on that. But they recognize something enough that they are engaged and stimulated. And what this really comes down to is your cat's preference. And what I find really interesting is even my well-informed cat pet parents often buy toys based on what they like or what they think cats should like versus what their cats like. So what I tell my pet parents is it's three months to cat happiness. Month one, you're going to go online and you're just going to search, just general search cat toys. Get your box from your online cat toy company. And I want you to keep track, pen and paper on your phone. I don't care. What does your cat play with? And what are the aspects of that? And be clear. Is it a toy that moves vertically, horizontally, both? Is it a toy you have to move? That's month one. Month two, we go back again. But now we know what we're looking for, right? We're going to put into the search engine toy motorized, my cat, motorized feather fur. That comes up. I buy a bunch of those. By month three, I got a down pat because I have tracked what my cat likes. So when I spend money now on toys, I know exactly what Chewy, that's my cat, will like, and he likes almost everything I bring home because I took the time to figure it out. And isn't that what we do with the people we love? I don't, you know, my husband knows don't bring me home cut flowers. I love flowers. I just feel like, why'd you kill that little plant, right? To bring me the flowers. So somebody else might love flowers. So we just I'm okay with flowers. (laughs) See, see, so our partners need to figure us out. We are partners to our cats. We got to figure them out. Well, so it's, but it doesn't take long. I mean, you know, I mean, that's pretty quick. And this is your friend that lives with you, right? So you want to prioritize what they want. So yeah, I wouldn't purchase an item that I knew my husband didn't like. Right. Right. But you won't know if you don't look. That's the thing is you'll presume. And then what happens is clients come to my office and they say, my cat doesn't play. And I say, maybe your cat doesn't play. And guess what? That's on the bell curve of normal because your cat's an individual. That's perfectly okay. Or maybe you haven't found what your cat plays with. And then that's our job. Let's figure that out. We'll be right back after a quick break. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. 
go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Okay, so one of the other uh, questions that I used to see on iHeartCats, why does my cat chew on things that are not food? Is it the same thing? Is it just an entertainment thing or does it get more complicated than that? Now you're getting into, as you probably know, just because you and I know each other, one of my favorite topics, which is the intersection of medicine and behavior. And just for those of you out there, there, there's no intersection. It's the same blob. It's the same road. It's not intersecting, right? It's the same thing. So let's separate out. There's the cats that suck on things. There's the cats that chew on things. There's the cats that eat things. These could all be different. But once you're dealing with eating something that's not food, you got to go down the hunt down the medical cause pathway. You must go down that pathway, even if in your mind you say, this coincided with the birth of my baby, my cat is struck. I hear you. And correlation is not causation. So we have to go down that pathway. And there's a very, very tiny study with a small number of cats. I want to say it's six cats done by a veterinary behaviorist in Canada. Her, her name is Isabel. And she looked at cats with pica eating, fully ingesting things they should not. And all of these cats had stomach, so gastric pathology. Might just be reflux, right? Might be delayed emptying. It's a small study, but you have to get funding to do any studies, right? So that really opened my eyes. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Is something going on here that we should be hunting down? So when I get a kitty that is actually ingesting, I go right to full-on workup for a physical disease. If I have a kitty that's chewing that comes to my office, I do look at the environment, like what is there for him to chew on? Maybe he needs things that feel like that. But another thing I always look at is the gums and the teeth. And I will just turn this over to Dr. Cat because <laughs> she's in primary care, but kitties get, you know, inflammation of the gums and they get changes to the teeth and they get reabsorption. And you just don't know as a cat pet parent, unless you're jacking that mouth open and really looking around and poking around in there. So if I have a cat who's chewing on something he shouldn't and not ingesting, I want to go in that mouth and I want to figure out what's going on. And I'll let you speak more to what goes on there. Yeah. Well, you know, I say a lot on this show, call your vet, but that is really, I mean, obviously I, it seems sort of self-serving, but we have to start there because our cats can't say, Hey, Hey mom, uh, my mouth is really hurting. So they're doing things we have to be tuned into. Now you said there's a difference between chewing and eating. And it just reminds me that I have seen many cat patients for eating hair ties and they love that. So can, okay. So here's the quirky cat thing. Why does my cat eat hair ties? You know what? Even though you think cat pet parents out there think your cats are aloof, they love you. They love you. They sleep on your head, not to suffocate you in the night, but because you smell so good, they want to be close to you. Cats really love you. And we forget, we're like, oh, dogs, they have a great sense of smell. Cats have a really 
good sense of smell, almost rivaling dogs. Like, and we forget about this. So those hair ties, not only are they fun to push around with the paw, right? Just like a rubber band is, but they smell like you. So they're especially attractive. Unfortunately, hair ties and rubber bands are two things my cat's never allowed to play with. So as soon as I see him sort of just even moving it, it goes into a drawer because if he ingests it, we are inevitably going to end up in surgery. And that is something, you know, I don't want, obviously. Right. You want to prevent it if you can. Absolutely. Well, so I think that we have explored lots of really important things. Can you think of any other cat behavior that my listeners might want to to wonder about or find out, pick your brain about that I haven't covered? Well, so this might be for another show, but I would love to help people understand why their cat bites them when they're petting their cat. That is probably a whole nother show, but this is, I recently posted, I don't know if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, but I recently posted a video of my cat biting me. So I was making, doing a social media video, you know, I'm like, my hair's all fixed and I'm talking (laughs) and I've got the lighting, right? And I'm petting my cat because he's a star of the video and he nails me. So I was like, this is awesome. So I put it on, (laughs) so I put it on Instagram and the number of comments, my cat bites me and the number of people saying this is a love bite, or this is this kind of bite or that kind of bite. I think a lot of our cats bite us. And there's a lot of reasons why they do that. But a major reason is because like my cat was on that video, they're scared of something and they're over aroused and they blow their top a little bit. And that's where the bite comes in. Little bit of like, wow, this is exciting. This is scary. Ah, oh, I bit you. I feel a little better now, right? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe on another show, we can do a whole show on that. Yes, that's a teaser because I do have that in my Why Does My Cat Do That series in the plan. So yeah, um, listeners, check back with us for that one. But yeah, I love that we have been able to explore these things. And I hope that every one of my listeners wants to run out and buy cat toys and rotate them and create obstacle courses to make lives better for cats everywhere. So Dr. Radasta, tell my listeners how they can find you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at at Dr. Lisa Radasta. Super simple. You can find articles to help you and your cat at our business website, my clinic website, which is flvetbehavior.com. And if you go into my Instagram or Facebook bio, I have link trees, right? These are short links that will take you to a curated list of cat resources. So if you're like, I don't know how to train my cat. I don't know what to buy. Go to that link tree and you just start scrolling. I have from cat training to cat books, everything you need. And I change it up all the time. That's me, Alvulus. <laughs> Yes. So listeners definitely track her down because her information is good. And I'm going to go find her video where she had her hair all done. And I mean, I'm just really looking forward. Thank you so much for joining me today. As we moved from podcast to more video, I find that I have to do my hair more. (laughs) I know. And we can do a podcast one day about hair over 50. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> You're not there yet. I'm there. I'm past 50. You're I can I can tell you what's coming. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs>
but I am very excited about about being able to help some cats today. And I really appreciate it. I love it when you can come on, uh, wait for weeks to get you <laughs> as a guest. So um, thanks again for coming, everyone, Dr. Lisa Radosta. So definitely look her up. Also, I want to thank my amazing producer, Mark Winter, because without him, Nine Lives with Dr. Katz, with Dr. Cat, I'm just one cat, um, could not exist. And so I guess that's a wrap. And I want my cat-loving listeners to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.